0: Hello, everybody! A special edition here of the Locked On Nationals podcast. My name is Josh Neighbors. Joining me tonight is Arm Layton of the Locked On Marlins podcast. Um, not great circumstances that we are having this podcast under, but look, Arm, you and I are both media guys. Um, you currently go to Syracuse, and that's where I want to start, man, because you know you're a senior at Syracuse, and college is it was the best time of my life, and. Um, What is Syracuse, you know, what procedures are they taking? Um, What does your timeline look like for finishing up your schooling? And uh, how are things going in general, I guess you could say?
1: You know, there's a common trend uh, across the whole world, whether it's um, with sports or with schooling. It's just that nobody knows what's going on. You know, when we went into the day yesterday with in regards to the NBA, I don't even think you know, Adam silver knew that he was going to suspend the league. And that just shows like how fast things are unraveling. And it's the same thing here. You know, one day you think you're preparing for an exam the next day. And then a couple hours later, you find out that all classes are online. So that's what the deal is here at Syracuse. And it seems like it is a domino effect, just like what happened with the NBA. All the other leagues start following suit. And it seems like the same thing with schools now. So, uh, I was excited at first because Syracuse was one of the first schools to, uh, to go to online and I thought maybe things would settle down and I could go to spring training and get a head start on my coverage for the summer because I'll be doing a lot more in-person Marlins coverage but unfortunately it seems like the entire world is on pause right now.
0: Yeah man just to give you an idea I mean excuse me I work for the big you know the big 12 channel at Sirius XM and look man hey last night you know we're sitting there we're previewing games. We're talking about, you know, we got, we had Iowa state and Oklahoma state and TCU and Kansas state. We're talking about that. And during the show on, this is Wednesday evening, we're having a conversation like, well, this stuff could be coming down the pike. Lo and behold, we get the news about the NCAA cancel or not allowing anybody in the arena for, uh, for the NCAA tournament. We hear the Ivy league is, the Ivy league canceled before our show even started. And, I mean, we were, you know, I recorded the podcast last night with Jimmy Frouse and my buddy Jimmy Frowlson. I, I said, I'm watching Oklahoma State and I'm watching I play Iowa State. And we're saying this could be one, not only just one of the last games with fans we see, this could be one of the last sporting, team sporting events we see for a long time. And obviously, this morning we saw um, St. John's and Creighton play a half of basketball. They were the only major conference that went ahead, went ahead with their tournament. And then the Nats were, were playing their spring training game. And I remember watch, I was watching this morning and Bob Carpenter, uh, the TV guy goes, he said, it's 106 and we're playing ball. And he wasn't saying that just to say, no, and we're playing baseball. He was saying that as if it's like, well, we're going. And the rest of the world is not going. I mean, it's been it's surreal. And it's, it's odd because the Kobe Bryant stuff, you know, was so much grief that we dealt with collectively as a sports community. And there's not, you know, it's upsetting. It's really sad. That, and for many reasons, we're going to get into them, but it's bewilderment right now because this is uncharted territory.
1: Yeah. It's, it's one of those things too, where you don't know how each league is going to respond. It seemed, it seemed like at first it's kind of like a case by case basis, see what everyone's going to do. But then it just became this blanket thing that everybody had to follow this protocol, essentially. And like I said, the domino effect where I don't think any league wanted to leave themselves exposed after the other leagues took the precautions. And the NBA was, I mean, it started when I, you're trying, I was trying to watch the Oklahoma city game. Ironically, I had NBA league pass for some reason switched onto that game. And I'm like, why isn't this started? Why isn't this started? And they're just standing there. And this is just something that we've never seen before. You know, we get so many cutbacks of things that have happened in history, you know, earthquake at the ball game, all these crazy things that have lived for 50, 60 years um, in infamy. But what is this going to be? I, this is going to be something that I think will be remembered beyond our lifetime. And that's so crazy to think about right now that yesterday and the day before that and whatever's going to unfold ahead of us hoping that it settles down this is historic and not in the not in a good way
0: the ncaa tournament has been canceled the first time that's happened since 1938 i believe the ncaa tournament will not be occurring and you know talking from your angle and this is where we get into baseball are uh, a lot of seniors that are not able to finish out their seasons for basketball we feel for those guys but for baseball I, I have a buddy who plays at William Mary and he, and he tweeted something today or, or um, posted on instagram about you know what the game's done for him and having to say goodbye it, there's so many different angles on baseball but just for the seniors and guys who are fighting for their draft lives the you know this is a season, Senior year is a make-or-break year for a lot of guys. A lot of guys can soar on the draft boards, can find their ways into the major leagues. You and I have been at colleges you know, long enough to see it happen. Those guys are losing an opportunity. And my hope right now is the NCAA does the right thing and extends to a lot of those guys, the olive olive branch, to be able to come back to school next year um, on scholarship but not count against the scholarship count for each team. What are your thoughts about this whole scenario with the NCAA um, and, and kind of college athletics, because not just the tournament's being canceled. Spring sports have been canceled by the NCAA. There's going to be no championships.
1: That's the amazing thing. I, I was astonished when I saw that they were going to uh, cancel the College World Series already. I, I mean, I'm not going to ever criticize any league or anybody for erring on the side of caution. I was just so surprised that they were already looking that far ahead. And saying we're not even going to try. We're not even going to wait. And going back to the eligibility thing, there's so many areas to unpack in regards to how it affects these baseball players. Because I've talked about it a lot on my podcast and uh, I've written about it. I I do think the the MLB draft is a little bit of a flawed system that is already very cruel to college seniors. Because if you don't go as a college junior – you lose all your leverage in terms of signing bonus money. And ultimately, your signing bonus money is what you're going to live off of until you hopefully make it to the major leagues because we all know how much or how little minor league baseball players make. So when you're a senior, you'll see some signing bonuses for players that are signed in the, or drafted in the sixth, seventh, eighth round that are. You know, $25,000, $30,000. So teams can allocate their bonus pool money to be able to overslot some other players. So it, it, when you think about that, if you're looking at juniors that might have been able to go in the draft this year, that might lose that year of eligibility, come back as a senior, now they lose all of that leverage, potentially a million dollars or more for some of those upper round players. And then, of course, the seniors. Where if you're I mean, every year, like you said, we see guys just jump out of nowhere onto the draft boards or on the other side. I mean, I'm not as worried about baseball teams because they're not individuals, but it's going to be hard for these teams to draft guys because People that come into the season as a perennial top 10 pick very often finish the season as a late first rounder or fall even further so you might have some players that are overdrafted too high but that's not a problem of course i'm more concerned about the guys that are losing out on money losing out on their chance to play professional baseball and like you said i mean the solution would be to maintain those scholarships and give them that extra year of eligibility but to be honest i we're just scratching the surface here. There might be so much more that goes on with that in regards to like what the logistics are? Will they be able to have those extra scholarships? How is that all going to work with with Title IX and all of these things? Will the colleges have enough money after not having any income with the NCAA without making money on all of the games this year, this spring? It's there's so many factors. And this is going to be one of the most dragged out even beyond the coronavirus. Hopefully that gets put to bed and we figure that out. But beyond that, this is going to be a lasting thing that there's going to be so many decisions that have to be made
0: yeah, and I, I want to I go with that college baseball angle. And, and we can keep attacking it from both sides. But look, when you think about these players, what they have put out this season, I'll use my alma mater, the University of Missouri, as barometer here. They're 10-5. and 5. They've played 15 games. They have not even started their conference schedule this this year, which I believe is it's usually around the 10-11 series. They have not even started that yet. And so, from their perspective, those I mean, look, the NCAA's got to make it up to them, right? I I feel like when we're talking about basketball, I mean, I think if baseball players and spring sports, they're able to get this, I feel like the basketball players are going to be able to also, too. But the NCAA needs to, I I know it's not their fault, but make this right in a way with the senior class or or whatever class, you know? These, These guys deserve, and guys and girls and softball players as well, too they deserve another year of eligibility. Let's start with that. Do you agree with that?
1: Uh, absolutely. As long as it's something that, you know, is attainable. That's the thing is, you know, are we going to then have the record number of graduate transfers if they have that extra year of eligibility? That's the other crazy thing because they're still going to school, whether it be online or in person, whatever each school decides to do. So you're going to have a ton of players that are eligible for graduate transfers more than ever before. So this is trickle down. Like I said, it's just going to be a crazy effect. I don't know if that's a bad thing to have that many grad transfers, but I don't even know how that will affect the, you know, just pulse of college baseball. When you have that many players able to shuffle around and transfer without sitting out, but that's an entire different topic. But on the surface, it seems like that's the obvious answer, right? You're, you're taking away an entire season. Like you said, from these college baseball players specifically, if we're going to talk about them, because even if you're not planning to play pro ball, I mean, that's the best experience of a lot of these guys life. They're playing for something. You know, I have some friends that I grew up with playing and, and keep in touch with that, that play at university of Florida. And they were number one in the country this year. You know how hard they were working. They had big expectations going into this year. They go and sweep Miami and I'm a Miami fan growing up, born and raised. And, you know I feel for those kids. I feel for everybody, but imagine that. you know, you don't always just get a chance like that. You say, "Oh, we'll be back next year. But things change in a year. You know, some guys might leave for the draft anyways because Florida has so many blue chippers. Some guys, you know, might not be the same next year. You just don't know. all the pieces won't come together the same. It just never it works that way. And this could have been the year where it all happened for them. And now all they're going to be able to do is look back and say, what could have been on that season. So there's just so many things that you know you really feel for these kids. And then how about the guys at the Division 2, II, Division 3 level that you know still work just as hard but now they really have no chance to to play again unless they're going to get awarded that extra eligibility. I think that's less of a problem because you're not dealing with as much money and scholarships and stuff like that. Right. But at the Division 1 level, I, I just don't see a way you can't give them that extra year of eligibility because they really didn't even play that far beyond the redshirt rules. Like, if it's 15 games, like you said, yeah, that's it is beyond the ability to, you know, sit out and redshirt. But if it was like a hardship waiver or a medical redshirt after 15 games, most of the time you can get that. So I don't see how this is much different, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you on this. And we have to, you know, we'll get to the Major League Baseball side of it right here in one second, because there's, boy, is there a lot to unpack there as well on, on this issue. But, you know, you think, about it, like, these, I feel so bad for them, and I, I feel bad for you too, because, like like I said, college is the best four years of your life, and, you know, I want us to think also about these kids, like, you know, I cover the Big 12 in Kansas, and um, Yudoka Azebuki, you just won Big 12 Player of the Year, like, this guy is from a different country. He left his family. You know, he, he came here to play basketball, and just won Player of the Year, had a chance to win National Player of the Year. This is the best Kansas team that Bill Self has ever had, and there's a good ch- and, you know, There's a really good chance this team was at least going to make the Final Four. Dayton, a Cinderella run, a player like Obi Toppin, those guys will never have an opportunity to finish what they started. And for that, and, and for, think about it as a fan, too. Think about it, you know, if you got to, and I would give... Every team that made the playoffs last year, I' you've ever had a team that you enjoyed make the playoffs, imagine that it stopped right there, and that was it. That was the end. You never got to see them finish the job. That is, and if you're a player, you never get to finish the job, and it's out of your control. That has got to be so gut-wrenching, and, and it's just you can't imagine that. So when it comes to scholarships, Look, I know baseball is one of those sports where it's a, there's a lot of partials. That's how it works. There's a lot of partial scholarships in baseball. And it's going to come down to probably a lot of kids needing to pay um, needing to pay some extra money to stay in school, if, if, if they're even able to allow, allowed to stay in school, if you will. But, man, I hope the NCAA does the best to make this right. That, that's all I can say on that end.
1: And the other thing, I I have a soft spot for Nick Gonzalez, who plays at New Mexico State. He he played for the Kettleers, Katoik Kettleers of the Cape Cod League, and that was the team I called play by play for this mm-hmm. summer. And he got off to maybe on pace for a record-setting start, shot himself up to the top five in the draft board. He'll be fine. But through 16 games, he had 12 home runs for New Mexico State, 36 runs driven in, and was hitting .448. And so we can only now just imagine what he would have done this season with 12 home runs in 16 games. He hit five home runs in one doubleheader. So, who knows what kind of numbers he would have put up. And it's just so many things that, you know, it's just up to our imagination now. But going back to the medical red shirt thing, with the medical red shirt, if you've played less than 30% of your team's games, you will be awarded that medical red shirt. So, we're looking at a just about 30% of games played for most teams here, maybe just below. That seems to be the logic outcome of what they're doing here, essentially just giving the entire country a medical redshirt. Because if it was, if you're looking at it as, by an individual case by case basis, if you were looking at just one player that only played 15 games, then tore his ACL, you're going to say he didn't play enough to make it count for a season. So why should this be any different?
0: Right. Football, i would tell you what, it would have been a real mess and it is affecting football to some extent. I mean, the recruiting stuff's getting affected, but it would have been a real mess if this had happened during football season, considering how many guys are on a football team, I mean, working out the scholarship numbers and which guys stay on, I mean, we would have had some, like, 150, per, know, probably 150, but 120-person teams next year in college football they ended up giving those kids red shirts. So, it's all really interesting. Now, let's flip to the Major League Baseball side of it, and we'll go scouting, then we'll go to the current picture, but that's the other big issue here, right? Like, we can't scout the kids now, and... I think this is, correct me if I'm wrong, Aaron, but this is probably going to reach high school, not just because you know the high school baseball games are large gatherings, but high schools are shutting down. High schools are taking precautions. And so now it's, it's really going to be difficult for major league teams to scout players.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing because there's so many, you'll see more than ever in terms of high school players that most write-ups, you'll see a lot of scouts or, or, or writers that cover the draft. They'll say, yeah, this prep, bat flew onto the scene you know that's always what happens it's this high school bat that popped out of nowhere that's that seems to be the case with high school players they'll just emerge out of nowhere because they go undetected a lot more than college players and that's the spring what the spring's for for them of course the summer they have an opportunity to showcase a lot but the spring is the final chance to prove yourself as some high school players and that's another trickle down thing, because if you're a player that was you know, trying to leverage college to get a better signing bonus, now, if those players in college are given an extra year of eligibility, now these college teams aren't going to have as many spots to recruit players. So I'm assuming if you're a draft eligible type of guy out of high school, they're going to make room for you. But how about those other guys? You know, are, are they going to be able to be recruited as much? Because- If there's more players on the team, if no one graduates, you're going to have the same issue of of a lot less roster spots available. But when you talk about the draft, the Marlins are in a good spot because they're drafting third. And over the course of the season, I don't think much was going to change from the top four picks. It might have been a little bit of a shuffle with those top four guys, but at the end of the day, Spencer Torkelson and Austin Martin, those those guys are just hitters. Nick Gonzalez, Emerson Hancock, those are all really just pure hitters. That and, and Emerson Hancock, of course, a pitcher. Right. All just guys that are, are, are blue chippers. They're they're gonna go in the top three, top four, unless they get hurt. Now they can't get hurt. So that decision's easier. The Nationals picking late in the first round their job just got a lot harder and I'm sure they've have their draft board together a little bit. And I'm sure that they have an idea of who they want to take, but you're kind of just shooting in the dark now in terms of who you're going for, unless it's someone that you've been following for a while. But if, if your top options are taken when you're drafting that late in the first round and you're in panic mode, you're not going to have as much info on these players. And this is going to be a really interesting time for for major league baseball teams and i don't know if they're going to do some special kind of camps or some sort of special type of showcases for players uh you know where no one can attend other than the players and you know specific team personnel but i don't really see any way that you can do your due diligence as a scout as a gm or as a draft evaluator
0: yeah and past that first round you're 110 percent right you're going to be shooting in the dark I mean, you kind of have to be picking off your board that you've been, you know, you had going into the, into the, um, college and high school baseball seasons. Excuse me. Now let's move to the, the major league baseball response. I was pleased with it. I think they did the right thing and I think they did, they did a good job of saying, okay, let's give it two weeks because what we're seeing now, and I look, I am no medical professional. My parents are dentists. That's about as close as I can claim to being a medical professional at all. So not very much. But China has seen a decline in the amount of coronavirus cases, and things have been getting better there. I like Major League Baseball pushing off the start of the season for at least two weeks because, look, I think that's to get pushed back again, but I think they're giving themselves the requisite amount of time to take a look at this and say, what's going to happen next? And they're going to be able to make steps, make a... um, it changes accordingly. I, I like the spot Major League Baseball is in. What say you?
1: I, I agree. And, and the thing with Major League Baseball is they're in a much better spot than, let's say, the NCAA or uh, you know, the NBA, for that matter, or even the NHL, because the season still doesn't start for two weeks. And this is such a rapidly developing thing that every extra day you have is is a blessing. So now you consider the fact that they have two weeks until opening day. You can put it off another two weeks. Where we're gonna be in a month, I, I hope it's somewhere much, much better. No matter what, a month from now, things are going to be much different. We're gonna have much more information and hopefully it'll be better but at the end of the day, we don't know, you know, you mentioned China having less cases and I, I don't want to get too deep into right. it. But you hear things on both sides and then people saying, you know, Italy is is chaos right now. And so you just don't know. And I don't think anybody knows like we don't know. And so, you know, you want to be optimistic, but you also want to be cautious. And I think the that a major league baseball found the perfect middle ground of that, of being optimistic, but cautious, not canceling things, not postponing them too long. Hey, hey! Let's wait and see. Hold off for now. And it was it was a good, quick decision because now teams have time to adjust accordingly. Players can still, you know, work out on their own, get ready. It's not like they can't leave their home, and you know, they'll still probably hit a team facilities. I'm sure there's going to be little loopholes to the way they do things, but ultimately, players are going to be able to train on their own, figure it out from there and then we'll see what happens but the 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 thing that i was talking about on the podcast today for the locked on Marlins podcast is it's different for every team but the Marlins had a lot to figure out in spring training in terms of which young guys were going to make the roster you know the Nationals are defending world champions it's not as much of a tough decision in terms of who's going to play you oh, know yeah. Juan Soto he's on oh, the team we i don't think yeah yeah, there's no concern there. But when, with the Marlins, you got a bunch of young prospects, and then you got some older guys like Matt Kemp and Sean Rodriguez trying to make the team. Mm-hmm. Those older guys, I, they're all but cooked, I think, because you know they they didn't show enough to potentially make the team. And the younger guys, they're probably gonna end up starting in the minor leagues, even though some of them showed a lot of promise. Because the Marlins just haven't seen enough, and I'm sure that's gonna be the case of a good portion of the other. 29 teams 28 teams if you don't include the nationals
0: yeah i mean there was a conversation about whether or not you know players would be sent home and i think obviously the answer to that is yes it's going to happen and this waiting pattern we're in i mean once again our one of the most bizarre sports stories that we have ever encountered and i think that we ever will encounter um what can people expect coming up here just uh, you know i'll make sure i plug everything that's going to come up what can people expect from the locked on Marlins podcast in the holding pattern we're about to be in? Yeah. I mean, there was a conversation about whether or not, you know, players would be sent home. And I think obviously the answer to that is yes, it's going to happen. And this waiting pattern we're in, I mean, once again, our one of the most bizarre sports stories that we have ever encountered. And I think that we ever will encounter, um, What can people expect coming up here? Just, uh, you know, I'll make sure I plug everything that's going to come up. What can people expect from the Locked On Marlins podcast in the holding pattern we're about to be in?
1: Well, that's the thing. we got to get creative here, but I'm not really concerned about it. I think we're going to have a lot of fun and make the most of this because, you know, there's going to be no sports on, right? So we got to create the sports over here. I've never dealt with something like this in my life. I, I said to my family today that this is my living hell. I, I it's like a nightmare, like a world with no sports. Like I'll, I'll find a sport when it's those times of the year where there's nothing going on, like right after the Super Bowl. Like I'll find something, I'll watch something. But right now, there's literally nothing. Not even NASCAR. I actually, like, I will
0: correct you. There is one thing. Esports. Uh, it, looks, uh, it looks, it looks like uh, MMA is going to continue. Bellator. Now this is just, this is totally subject to change. And actually, as we're speaking. Dana White's about to go on. About to go on um, ESPN. But um, Bellator MMA is going to have an event tomorrow night, and I think it's going to be on um, whatever the hell Spike TV is called now. I, I always forget the name. Paramount. And then on Saturday, UFC has an event in Brazil that, by all accounts, is still on. So MMA is a, your only source of sport right now, Aurum.
1: And if I'm not mistaken, the XFL has not made any
0: they decision have, yet. They have. They're out.
1: oh they're out they're out okay they were they were holding out
0: now just confirming now that their event this week in Brasilia, brazil and their event next week in london are going to go ahead as planned um wow so that is yeah that is there we go we've
1: got something
0: we've got something arum i appreciate your time tonight man thank you so much for joining me
1: thank you man